Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. I didn't even Hurts, first down, and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered on the Believe Podcast Network, powered by betonline.ag, the best sports betting website around, and we're also powered by Manscaped. Promo code GOBIRDS for 20% off your order on manscaped.com. Co-host Connor Miles with my co-host Ed Kras here. Ed, you and I were, you know, because you go to every single Eagles game, you're a media member, of course you do. But uh, I was actually able to go to this Eagles-Buccaneers playoff game, uh, luckily, because it was in Florida, and I wasn't going to let the Eagles be in Florida without me. Uh, and I, I, I go to this playoff game, and I go into it, and I get pumped. And the reason why I get pumped is because there's so many Eagles fans at Raymond J Stadium. There were so many. Uh, it felt like a home game. You know, the fans provided the atmosphere enough, I felt, for the Eagles to at least compete in this game. There was enough of a home atmosphere, home feel like because of how many Eagles fans showed up again, tons of Buccaneers fans. Cause it was a home game for them as always, but there was a lot and it was noticeable. A lot of Eagles fans. And yet the effort that we saw was nothing even close to, to get me hype. I, I, I yawned a couple times when they were on offense. I mean, it, it was really uninspiring effort from them. And, you know, it really showed the inexperience of this team going up against the most experienced team in the playoffs, arguably um, with Tom Brady, having the most playoff wins on 35, that was his 35th playoff win. I mean, insane. And he's older than all the NFC coaches. So they're, and again, Bruce Arians has been around the league forever, but around football forever. Uh, They went up against the most experienced team they could possibly go against. And the inexperience definitely showed uh, with Jalen hurts and, you know, Nick Sirianni as well. Well, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that game because I, I expected a little bit more of a dogfight, and that's just not what happened. No, yeah, you know what? I would uh, I'd put this at the feet of Nick Sirianni and his staff. I mean, I that game plan that he devised. I mean, they threw nine screen passes in that game. I mean, this looked like the Eagles' offense from September and October, not the aggressive offense and even the defense that we saw later in the season. I mean, it was very disappointing that. It looked like the old Eagles, you know, from earlier in the year. And that was that was the biggest problem. And when you go back to the beginning of the week when Nick Sirianni said that they're just treating this like any other game, I mean, I, you know, even then I thought, well, this isn't like any other game. There needs to be more urgency. There needs to be more aggression. There needs to be a game plan that speaks to the urgency and to, to the, the stakes of this game, which is a win, you move on, a lose, your season's over. I mean – I don't think you can approach it like any regular season game. This is a game for your life. You need to impart to your players that this matters. This is the game that we've been working for all season, and this is the game plan we're going to put together. We're going to be aggressive. We sat back against Tampa the last time, and they let them dictate to us, and yet Tampa dictated to the Eagles once again. It's 14 nothing after the first quarter. 
They still only used Miles Sanders in the run game. They gave him a few more carries. But, you know, again, Sirianni talked about this stable of running backs that they have at their disposal with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. And we didn't see any of these guys until the second half. Now, listen, I know they only ran like 10 plays in the you know first quarter and a half. Makes it difficult to open the playbook. But, you know, you needed to get more from your running backs than what Sirianni. It was really the same game plan that they had on October 14th when they got smoked. You know, it was 28-22 in that game, but it was 28-7 uh, before the Eagles started to come back. And it was the same as this game, 31 to nothing against a Super Bowl champion when your team should have shown a little more progress from that first meeting. To me, you know, that goes to the coaching, and you could put Hurts in there too, but to me, it's Sirianni. It's the it's the head coach's game plan, and maybe he learns from this. I hope he does because this was a, an opportunity they let slip away. I'm not saying they could have won, but, man, give me a competitive game. Give those Eagles fans, it turned out, yourself included, something to cheer about and be excited about and not be yawning uh, when they're falling behind 14-0 and then 17-0 and then 24-0. I mean, it just was piling on, piling on. And, you know, I'm very disappointed in what Sirianni put together for his game plan in this game. There's no doubt I put this this loss right at his feet. I completely agree, and I don't think enough people are uh, doing that. They're more, it always falls at the feet of the quarterback uh, in the eyes of, yeah. you know, the social media age. The the Just, I, I don't know, I, I don't understand how we can blame Jalen Hurts. I mean, obviously he has to be better. I know that. I'm not an idiot. But Nick Sirianni, I mean... You know, I'm all in on Nick Sirianni. This doesn't change anything I feel about Nick Sirianni. But again, deer in the headlights for his first playoff game. Yep. Uh, when they were down 17 and nothing going into the half, they panicked. Uh, and they just, like you said, they resorted back to that 2-5 and five Eagles team that had no clue what they were doing. Uh, he lost his feel for the game completely when they got down to 17 nothing. I felt like. There was no feel for the game at all. They were just trying to get something done, whatever they can possibly get done. Uh, and if you do that for your quarterback, your young quarterback at that, because, you know, I don't care what anybody says. This is my opinion. And this was Jalen Hurts' real rookie year. First year head coach, first year play caller he had to deal with. In times like this, towards the end of this season, when you're in the playoffs, a young unheralded quarterback like Jalen Hurts has to lean on coaching to get him out of his struggles. And there just wasn't any of that Mm-mm. during this playoff game at all. Uh there was no helping out your quarterback. There was no belling out your quarterback. None of it. Uh, and, you know, I think what also is crazy is Todd Bowles had his way with this this offense. You know, yeah. Todd Bowles just had his way. Uh, anything he threw at them, they had no answer for. Uh, it's, you know, it's disappointing to say that. Hopefully they learn from it, of course, because, again, they went up again. That, that's the only pauses I can take away from it is the inexperience just got trumped. By the most experienced team in the playoffs, uh, that's 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 all I can chalk up to there. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, it doesn't change my feelings about Jalen Hurts, though. I see, I, I you know, I see the changing in opinions and everything going on right now. But you know, and again, we're going to go into get into the Howie Roseman's comments today about making Jalen Hurts his guy next year, naming Jalen Hurts as his guy next year. But uh, it doesn't change anything I feel about him because. Uh, from a whole entire team standpoint, everybody was a letdown. So how can I put that at the feet of just the quarterback? Where, where was Devontae Smith until two minutes were left in the first half? Your leading receiver, pass catcher, doesn't get a single target. I mean, come on. And it, and there was a lot of single coverage that they could have taken advantage of in that game. And to me, it just speaks volumes to the game plan. And, 
you know, yeah, Hertz made some bad passes and, you know, made, made some bad decisions. He had Smith open uh, for a brief second when he threw that pass into the end zone that was intercepted, uh, you know, maybe if he gets rid of it sooner. But listen, you know, he's trying to see the field. And like he said earlier, nobody sees what I'm seeing back there as the quarterback. To me, it's imperative for the coaches to give him something that's going to make him successful. And, you know, nine screen passes, these bubble screens that we saw in September, that wasn't the answer. That was that that to me is just mind boggling that they would come in with that sort of game plan. So I I don't put it at the feet of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he could have played better. Absolutely. Everybody could have played better, um, but they didn't. And, you know, to me, that reflects on the coaches. Now, you know, will we talk to Howie Roseman today and Nick Sirianni? We can get into that. But as far as that game goes, man, you hope they learn from it and you hope they get back because it's there's no guarantee they're getting back next year either into the playoffs. I mean, I, I think this year there were seven new teams that got in that hadn't gotten in the year before, including the Eagles. And chances are that there's probably going to be another seven teams next year that don't make it. The Eagles have to make sure they're not going to be one of those teams and they need to go back and, and uh, learn from this experience by getting back to the playoffs next year. Oh, I think they could. I think they're in a position where they can, yeah. is what I should say. Um, that be with that being said, they have to make the right moves this offseason to do so. Uh, they have to they have to sign the correct free agent pieces. They have to utilize their their draft resources to provide this defense really um, with the youth it needs and talent it needs uh, in order to continue the trajectory that they're on. And I can say the best I've ever seen Harry Roseman is when he has a starting quarterback on a rookie contract. That's the best I've ever seen Harry Roseman work and build a team. So he has that again with three first round picks this time. Uh, it's I, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think they can continue the trajectory that they're on. Uh, but again, I know how, again, we're going to get into this right now. I, I take with what they say during these, these press conferences is with a grain of salt because this is a business. Everything changes. It's an ever-changing league. It's easy to say right now, Jalen Hurts is my quarterback next year because nobody else is is on the roster that or presents an option right now in the meantime to question that uh, Carter Minshew tried to, and he got shut down immediately. So there is nobody in the window right now to present a threat to Jalen hurts. So that's why it's easy to say this stuff right now. And that's what Howie Roseman will easily say in the coming months. If they add another quarterback to the room that nobody saw coming, uh, say, well, things change is an ever changing league. This was the right move to make. I, that's why I take the stuff with a grain of salt today. But it is, you know, after you get shut out in this playoff game where you're, you could make, you could make, you know, Chris Ballard tight statements about Carson Wentz with the way Jalen Hurts played in that playoff game. And you don't, you, you quickly instill the confidence in your guy that this is him. We're going to vote around him. I think it's a good thing. You know, I think this sends the right message to the locker and the right message to this team. The right message to any, you know, I'm not going to lie. A lot of people around the league, a lot of players around the league seem to like Jalen Hurts. Uh, I remember when Carson Wentz was struggling, you had DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson on IG uh, commenting on the Eagles post saying star Jalen Hurts. You know, the, he's thought of well around the league as a player and as a person. Uh, you're telling incoming free agents, you're telling players you may want to trade for, like Calvin Ridley, who played with Jalen Hurts uh, at Alabama and likes him a lot that this is our guy. We're confident in building around him. Come join us and let's let's get this thing correct. Uh, I think it's the right message to send. I think, I, you know, I'm not mad about him making this statement now. I don't believe it to be true until it's 
September and they're starting the first week one and Jalen Hurts is under center. But it is definitely the right move to say this now, and I I, I applaud how you're for it. Yeah, well, a couple things I like about what he said is, first of all, it's a shift from what he said last summer when he didn't say that Jalen Hurts is going to be their starter. And, you know, that opened up all the rumors of Deshaun Watson, you know, <clears throat> et cetera. So, yeah, I, I like that he committed to his quarterback. And like you said, it does give now, you know, some free agents, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, maybe in a trade. I mean, whoever it, it may be, they know now that Hurts is going to be the quarterback. And and I suspect he will. I mean, I, you know, how we talked a lot today about building the team around now Hurts. It's their job now to put weapons around him and watch him develop. And he talked about development in year two and three and four. Um, you know, he seems committed to Jalen Hurts. Now, listen, if an offer comes along and Aaron Rodgers says, you know, hey, sign me, I'll play for the veteran minimum, then okay, come on board, you know, or if they say, okay, Russell Wilson will trade a number two pick for you, a second round pick, then okay, yeah, we'll do that because that's good value. But that's not going to happen. And I don't think Howie's going to go out and actively um, explore the quarterback trade market. If something falls into his lap, sure, he'll do it. Does that mean he won't take a quarterback in, you know, maybe the second or third round this year? I think he will. But I think he seemed pretty committed to the fact that he's going to build this team and give Hurts the weapons he needs to be successful. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go out and take another wide receiver. The players that they need to get better have to be on defense. And I think this is what Howie sees as an opportunity to replenish this defense. Now, where he could shift focus on that is on the offensive line. You know, I asked him today about Brandon Brooks and there's all these rumors swirling that, you know, he's going to retire and he probably will. Um, you know, if Brandon Brooks retires, okay, Jason Kelsey retires. I'm not saying he's gonna, but if those two guys retire, that leaves some openings on the offensive line. So you're going to have to replenish again at that offensive line position. So I could see in the first round, the Eagles taking all defense. I don't think they're going to trade the picks. And, you know, again, it's January 19th. But I think Howie is adamant about spending this draft collateral on putting pieces around Hurts, which includes the defense, to make this team better. And that's where he's going to spend his his, his draft picks, is, is on the defense, unless he thinks the offensive line needs to be replenished. If Brooks and Kelsey both retire, even if Brooks just retires, I could see them going for an offensive lineman in the first round and defense with those other two picks and maybe take a quarterback in the second round. Um, but I I, I, add, I I absolutely think that Roseman is going to stand by his word and he's going to make Hurts the starter in 2022, and he's going to use these picks not to bring in Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins or whoever you think it might be. He's going to try, he's going to try to make this team better with those picks. I believe that too. Uh, you know, again, the improvement that Jalen Hurts has shown every year that he's played football is noticeable, uh, and he's never had consistency while doing so. He's finally going to have some consistency if he's back as a starting quarterback next year with the same head coach, same play caller in year two. Uh, I, I just think that he showed enough for them to be confident that he can become better um, because he does it every year. So I'm you're arguing against the facts if you think otherwise because he literally has done it every year. Uh, I don't know if what his ceiling is, nobody does. But, and I'm not going to say he's going to be a top five quarterback in this league or he's going to be the true dual threat that the Eagles think he's going to become. Uh, but he has definitely deserved the chance to prove himself next year. Absolutely. As a, as a Listen, to me, Hurts can't run as much. I mean, I know that's what makes him a valuable weapon, but 
you know, this running thing with a quarterback, you're going to get hurt. And already he got hurt. You know, he sprained his ankle November 28th, I think right. it was, against the Giants. And, and it impacted him for the rest of the season. I mean, you're when you run your quarterback as often as Jalen Hurts did this year and even uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, he got hurt and didn't play the last few games. I mean, because he got hurt because he's a running quarterback. You cannot survive in this league running the ball the way Jalen Hurts ran it. He's going to have to get better as a passer. Otherwise, he's going to get hurt, and he's going to miss games. We, he missed two games with the ankle. I guess you could say the Cowboys he missed because they weren't going to play starters anyway. But he missed the Jets game after he got hurt against the Giants. He cannot thrive in the NFL as a running quarterback. Nobody does. He needs to learn how to pass the football, and that's where he's going to be graded on this season is how much improvement did he make in the passing game. Yeah, he can still run and be effective with his legs, but you know, to expect him to run 10 times a game or seven times a game, that to me is a recipe for disaster for his health. He needs to cut back on the runs. The Eagles need to impart that to him. And and maybe, you know, maybe he picks up a few yards with scramble plays, four, four or five attempts a game. Um, but that's got to be it. I mean, he's going to have to make his bones in the league as a passer. There's no doubt. And that's what Absolutely. he's going to be judged on. Uh, running quarterbacks aren't sustainable because defenses start game planning against those running quarterbacks, especially since they had this whole entire year of tape on Jalen Hurts. It's going to look what the Bucks did. Yeah. I mean, the these last couple teams have taken that out of the equation. The Giants did. Hell, even the Giants did. I mean, yes, it's not sustainable, but I mean, he has shown the, the willingness to improve as a passer, though. Yeah. I right. would say towards the end of this, this end of the season stretch, enough for you to be confident that he could possibly do so. Um, he's never going to be Carson Wentz's arm. He's never going to have the Donovan Nab deep ball. You know, I, I'm fine with that as long as you win with him as a passer. Uh, but look, we were so quick, so quick after Carson's rookie year to say, God, get this guy some wide receivers. Now, again, he didn't have a Devontae Smith, but he had a Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand why that argument is not being said enough for Jalen Hurts. He doesn't have the guys. He has Devontae in Dallas. I mean, Quez is good. Don't get me wrong. Quez is good. He's a developing player. I don't know what Quez is going to be in this league, though. I don't know if he's going to be a starting wide receiver in this league year in year out but he's definitely shown signs of development that you want to build around him going forward but this team needs four wide receivers to contribute i fully believe that they need four wide receivers to contribute they have two they have two yeah yep. they're gonna have to add this all season because i mean these comments after jalen rager today just seem nothing but negative if you ask me i i i think they're ready to wave wave flag and and attack free agency or attack the trade market hard for two receivers. I think they're going to bring in two guys this offseason. But again, like you did, like you did with Carson, after that one year, you said he's shown us enough as to be our franchise quarterback. we got to build around him. we got to get him some some receivers. I think you have to make the same argument for Jalen Hurts because some, some of these guys have really let him down too. Well, in Wentz's second year, they brought in Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. That's free agents. Um you know, you could see the Eagles go that route in the offseason, you know, sign two free agent receivers. I would love to bring Allen Robinson in here. I think they need a veteran wide receiver. This is a very young room. You know, Greg Ward, they talked, you know, Nick talked about his leadership today. He's 26 years old, but listen, he, you know, he's very limited in what he can do. You need an upgrade there. You need to move on from J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I think you're kind of stuck with Jalen Rager um, unless somebody's going to take a chance on him and give him what how he thinks he's worth. Um, but that's three guys right there. And right now, Nick Sirianni said, Jalen Rager is our number three receiver. Our number two receiver is Quez Watkins. Now, if you bring in two more guys, Rager's going to slip right down that depth chart. 
you know, into the number four, number right five role. Even maybe Quez Watkins slides down to number three, depending on which receiver they bring in. But I could see them bringing in weapons for Hurts on free in free agency, maybe a tight end. Uh, I think, you know, you want to go to battle with two pass-catching tight ends. Jack Stoll, to me, is not a pass-catching tight end. He's great in the run game. He's a great third tight end, but I don't think he's your second tight end. Tyree Jackson, you can't depend on him. He's been hurt, seriously hurt the last – uh, you know, he suffered two key injuries mm-hmm. since August. Um, he's not the guy either. You can't count on him. So, you know, maybe they sign a free agent tight end. I haven't looked at the free agent group, but, you know, you need to bring in a second tight end behind Dallas Goddard. So I, I think what they're going to do is they're going to address their offensive needs in free agency. And I think in the draft, they're going to spend on the defensive side of the ball. I wouldn't even be surprised they draft a tight end, to be honest yeah, they with could. you. They could. Um, they could. I Ideally – would trade for Calvin Ridley because it's not going to take a first again. Yes, absolutely. I, give Jalen Hurts his college receiver. Again, I, I like guys that, you know, if Jalen Hurts is not going to be this deep ball guy that, that we know he's not going to be consistently, get guys that can get open in the middle of the field or in midfield. And that's Calvin Ridley right there. And then I would sign Zach Pascal. Bring in a guy that Dick Sirianni has been a part of the development process built from the ground up. He was an undrafted free agent in 2017 and provides an immediate upgrade to your slot and get is a big body for Jalen Hurts. can just toss it up to uh, that would be the two ideal targets that I would bring in for yeah. wide receiver to be honest with you. But the market for Calvin Ridley is going to be robust. So it's, it's yeah, going to be, you may have to get a number one for him. Now, listen, he's got to commit to wanting to play. I mean, who knows if he wants to retire or, or carry on and keep playing. Um, you know, it he's seems like that problems. issue with him not playing was more yeah. so towards the team, though, than it is. It seems like there's some some brewing issues between the Falcons and Calvin Ridley, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I mean, his excuse for not playing was mental health. So, you know, take it at face value. If it is mental health and, you know, the Eagles are convinced he wants to play and will play because they've had a history of guys, you know, that they've kind of supported through that Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks. And now you have your college roommate here uh, in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, then maybe Calvin Ridley would want to come here and would agree to come here from, you know, I don't know what it's going to take. But, yeah, if you bring in Calvin Ridley or, like you said, Zach Paschal or I like Allen Robinson, you bring in a Robinson and, and, a, uh, and a Calvin Ridley man, and, you know, there's your weapons right there. And it may be a draft to tight end. I don't know who – you know, I haven't really dived too much into the offseason yet because, you know, you're so wrapped up in the season that, you know, that'll happen – in the next few days here, I'll start to take a look around at some of the free agents and some of the draft guys. But, um, you know, it's going to be a fun offseason. I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably going to go to the Combine. I'm scheduled to go to the Combine at the end of uh, – or actually early March, um, which will be great because the Eagles have those three picks. So there's going to be plenty of guys you're going to talk to who could end up on this roster next year. So um, there's still a lot of ground to cover between now and then uh, as far as who makes sense for this team. But um, – you know, looking at the tea leaves today, they're sticking with Hertz. I think Roseman is true to that, unless something crazy happens and a crazy offer comes down the pike that he can't turn down. I don't think he's going to actively look for anything, uh, and he's going to look to build this team with those picks that he has. All right, to end the show because again, we want to we're we're going to be back. This is the off season podcast. Now we're back. We're going to be doing pods as much as possible or whenever we can. Uh, so. We didn't want to make this a super long episode today. We want to make it at least 30 minutes top. So to really wrap out, wrap up the end of the show, Ed, I wanted to ask you a stay and go segment. 
talk about who we think is going to stay, who we think is going to go. Uh, I really care more about your opinion for this because I think everybody wants to hear it too. So I'll start off with because you kind of just gave it away a little bit, but just so everybody can clarify and hear you, uh, stays or goes, Jalen Rager? Stays. Should go, but I think he stays. Yeah, I, money is involved there. I think he stays. Um, I, I honestly think maybe the Falcons. Maybe you throw him into a deal for Ridley, and you say that's what I'm saying. It, yes, yeah, I mean yes. he could go in a trade, but you know, unless again, if somebody is offering you something of value, Roseman will take it. But to me, right now, he stays. I he's gonna uh, kick and scream and try to get out there. I think. I, th- I think he wants to get out of Philly. I, I don't think it's good. it's a good fit. I think the best move would be to move on. Uh, but the money just dictates you can't. Unless he's a part of a throw-in for again, like a Calvin Ridley trade, it'd be good for him though. I think he needs a change of scenery. I don't think he works with Philadelphia, and I, I think it's time to move on. But yeah. okay, Jonathan Gannon, <laughs> uh, he'll stay if he doesn't get a head coaching job. They'll bring him back, um, and I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job. But you know, listen, there's a lot of a lot of seriousness out there. Well, he has connections he, to each spot he's interviewing at, so you can't discount that. No, you can't. Um, but no, I think he stays. I think he's back. I think he stays too. But it was interesting that he there was not very much commitment to that today uh, from Nick Sirianni's side. I thought that was interesting. I did read in. I mean, I'm reading way more into it than I am because I know he's up for three interviews right now, and I think he stays. But uh, again, well, <laughs> I, he if we're gonna, I think he deserves a second chance. You know, I he again very agitated, very aggravated with him this year was not the guy that. that uh, wrote about this offseason, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defensive line drastically needs to be improved uh, talent-wise, but again, 29 sacks is unacceptable. Being 31st in sacks is unacceptable, especially with this Eagles team was before John DeGan arrived. It was all about the trenches. They were attacking just fine. Matt Burke was doing a fine job last year. Uh, the drop-off this year was just insane. Again, Brandon Graham is missing from that equation, but again, you're missing what? Eight, nine sacks from Brandon Graham? That's still yeah, low in this league. At most, still, yeah. You know, yeah. I think Derek Barnett, listen, when they gave that contract to Josh Sweat, you know, I don't think Barnett was, Hart was really into it. Like it should have been, he should have been a pro about it. I mean, he had two sacks <laughs> and he played every game this year. I mean, and that's a career low. He played six yeah, good games riddance. in 2018 and had two and a half sacks. He only played six games. So, you know, to me, I think his whole issue was just the mental checkout um, and that he's going to be moving on. So, you know, those are two key players, Graham and, and Barnett, that you really didn't uh, get what you wanted out of those two guys. One was because of injury. The other, I think, was just a mental issue because once Sweat got the deal, Barnett was like, I know I'm out of here. I'm going to try to stay healthy. And he did. Um, so, you know, I, I agree with you. But I think a lot of the issue with Gannon was just personnel related. I still contend that. I think it it's more on the personnel side with that defense than it is Gannon. Um, and you mentioned that uh, Sirianni didn't really commit to him. I mean, remember when Peterson committed to Mike Grow? Yeah, he's coming back, and the next day he's fired. I mean, I, yeah. I think there were some cautionary tales there told before Sirianni went out there and said, listen, don't commit to anybody yet because we never know. We haven't been through our evaluation process yet. We just don't know. Even though it looks like, yeah, everything's 100%, he's coming back. Just don't go out there and commit to it uh, and then make everybody look bad if something were to happen and we decide not to come back with him. But I think he's back. Gannon. Very smart. Very smart. Rodney McLeod. No, I don't think he's back. I think he'll move on. You know, I mean, great veteran presence, but he'll be 32 coming off two uh, significant knee injuries in the last uh, three years. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that touchdown he gave up, that deep throw, I think it was the Gronkowski. That was his guy, or maybe it was Evans. I can't remember in Tampa. 
but uh, you know, McLeod just got beaten pretty badly there. And uh, you know, that's a big trouble spot is the safety spot. Cause I don't think he's back and I'll, I'll trump your next question. I don't think Anthony Harris is back either. Um, and I don't think Steve Nelson's back. That's three of your four starters in the secondary that aren't coming back. So that's a big, big hole that needs to be plugged. But I don't think either or any of those three are back. Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to be the most aggressive in free agency towards the safety position. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to pick any position, more so than wide receiver, more so than any D-line, um, anything else. Not even linebacker. I think they're going to be the really aggressive in free agency. Uh, Marcus Williams or Marcus May is going to be a Philadelphia Eagle, I think, one of them. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you because Anthony Harris was the next one that he's going to. They need they need to be faster there. They also like Marcus Epps more than more than we lead on. Um, they do like Marcus Epps a lot, so we'll see. But I, yes. again, I think, and it wasn't a good developmental year for Kayvon Wallace. Uh, no. Didn't really help his cause any. But you know, you mentioned Marcus May. He's the Jets guy, right? The safety yeah. that played. He played with Denard Wilson, and Denard Wilson did a really good job turning Marcus May into a very good player when he was yeah. in New York. So, yeah, that that seems like a natural link because I think Denard Wilson uh, will be here. And I think if Gannon leaves, Denard Wilson could be your defensive coordinator. I, I think that might happen uh, if Gannon leaves. So, yeah, I could see Marcus May for sure being one of their targets in free agency. Well, I mean, the Eagles were players, and then John Johnson, the third's market last year when he before he signed the Cleveland Browns, it was just there. It was too rich for their they're liking they couldn't pay that much that the Browns paid him. Now they can. Uh, so I either him or Marcus Williams. Uh, it depends how serious Marcus Williams' market get, but I could definitely see Marcus uh, May coming into the, the Philadelphia Eagles. But that's that's for later into the offseason we can discuss. But that's a good link for, by you right there with Denard Wilson. I like that a lot. Uh, linebackers, man. Alex Singleton. Is he back? Yeah, I think he's back. I think he'll just go back into a special teams role. He was yeah. a special team captain, but I think – you know, there's a spot for Alex Singleton on this roster, uh, a valuable reserve if you need him to step in on defense. But to me, his role is going to be, you know, full-time special teams. Uh, and the Eagles are going to try to improve at the off-the-ball linebacker spot. T.J. Edwards back for sure. They extended him for a year. Terrific season. Um, but he's again, starting next year. Yeah, I think he's starting yeah, next year. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think Singleton's back. I mean, I, sorry, I do think Singleton's back, just not, just not as, as a role as a starting, uh, you know, outside linebacker. Fletcher Cox. That's a good one. Um, boy, we talked to Fletcher earlier in the week. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say that <laughs> – all right, I'll, I'll just say he's he's back. I'll say that yeah. he's back. I think it's going to be hard to trade somebody like that and get the value. Um, but, you know, the Eagles and Steelers were pretty serious about an, you know about a trade when the trade deadline was on that they never got done. So, I mean, you could see them shopping him uh, for sure. But at the end of the day, I, I just think that – I just think he'll be back. I do know the Eagles are really high on Milton Williams, and, and rightly so. So I think they would be more than happy to move on from Cox if they could and put Williams and Hargrave in there. Hargrave's in a limbo year of his contract. And then, you know, you have uh, Marlon Tui Tupolo, who really didn't get a chance to do much, needs to get stronger. Um, Raquan Williams, I think, might have a role at some point next year if if Cox wasn't here. But right now, I'm going to lean toward yes, Fletcher will be back. I think he's back, but I think it's his last season with the team. Okay, that, that's I did, I, because of Milton Williams. Um, again, 
Javon Hargraves in a limbo year either. So it's going to be one of the two. But I think it's I, I think it's likely this is going to be Cox's last season. But I do think he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Kerrigan, we obviously know, is gone. gone. Let's let's go to the offensive side. Uh, you think Greg Ward's gone? Yes. Okay. Jordan Howard. Yes. Yeah, I think he, I think they're going to replace. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, Ed. You never sign free agent running backs. You just don't do it unless it's a one year deal. If Melvin Gordon's market doesn't develop enough, I would love the Eagles to go in on him because I think if anything, Miles Sanders has finally proved to proven to you he's not going to be the lead back. He's going to be a change of pace back. What better change of pace back to uh, other running back to bring in than Melvin Gordon to compliment him? I think that'd be a great move. But there's no way the Eagles pay another free agent running back again. Uh, his market would have to be severely underdeveloped if they are to sign Melvin Gordon. It'd have to be a one year deal and it'd have to be on Eagles terms. But uh, that that'd be a running back I'd love to add in free agency to to pair with Miles Sanders to continue this uh, rushing tradition that I think the Eagles will try to you know lean on going into next season. But uh, I'm, I agree with you. I don't think Jordan Howard's back. I think it's more likely they go through the draft uh, to add another running back. Gardner Minshew. Yes, I think he's back. Um, contract, you know, it's a it's a manageable deal. Gardner. I'm sure would want to go somewhere else to start, but you know, his hands are tied here. I mean, he's a, a good backup for the Eagles to have. He can win games with Gardner Minshew. If something were to happen with Jalen hurts and just by bringing him back, you have the security of knowing that, yeah, okay, we have our one, two. And now is Reed Sinet going to be the third guy? Or are we going to look to draft somebody as a developmental piece? Um, yes. But yeah, I, I, I think Minshew is back now again, if how he gets bowled over and someone makes him an offer, he can't refuse. You know, yeah, for sure. He'll he'll trade him. But right now, as we sit here in the middle of January, yeah, I'm gonna say he's back. Too many options on the quarterback market. He's back. I'm I'm just gonna say that now. He's back. I think they draft a quarterback in the draft though to be the third round. Um he's yeah. be be the third third string. But I do think Gardner's back as the backup next year. And I, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. I think they need to have continuity there too as well. Um I agree. Jason Kelsey. Huh. Uh, I, you know what? I think he's back. Um, I think he likes this team. I think he likes the the coaching staff. He loves Jeff Stoutland. Um, he, he, you know, he looks around and he sees, Hey, you know, the Eagles are an ascending team here. You know, if we make the right moves this off season, there's no reason why we couldn't be back in the Super Bowl next year. I know it's a long shot, but if you're Jason Kelsey, he loves to play. Um, I know it's not getting any easier for him to recover from, you know, game day aches and pains and bumps and bruises that, uh, you know, he suffers through. But to me, I just think in his mind, he's like, you know, I got this 122 game starting streak. I played in, I'm very close to becoming one of the, uh, an Eagle who's played in the most games in his career as an Eagle. Um, I think he's played in 159. Um, you know, and I, and I wouldn't have said that's important to him until, I saw how important that 122 game starting streak was when he was able to get back off of the COVID list and go out there and play one play. I mean, that meant a lot to him. Um, so I, I think that this, you know, games played streak as an Eagle means something. I think he's having fun. I think he loves his teammates. He loves his coaches. And, and I think he's going to go another year. I agree. His uncle put the fear of God in me though. Um, saying how he's been sore and how he's been, like you said, tough to come back from these injuries. But again, that, a lot of things have changed since I had that conversation with him. Uh, a lot. I mean, they they become a winning team. They went to the playoffs. So I I think he thinks his team is close. And if he thinks his team is close, 
think he's back, but uh, it would not surprise me if he's not either. So I think he's back though. Yeah. Um, we obviously, I, I we, even if before these reports of Brandon Brooks and I'll, he follows me on Twitter, so I DM'd him, but I just had he doesn't go on Twitter anymore, so I haven't heard anything back. Because so I was like, I gotta know, are you retiring or not, man? Because I love, I love Brandon Brooks. You know, people forget because of the injuries lately, he was a top three guard in the NFL yeah. for the Eagles. Uh, yep. They haven't had guard play like his. I mean, even I think he was better than Evan Mathis. Would you agree? Yeah, Evan Mathis was really yeah. good, but I think Brandon Brooks was better. Yeah, I mean, they. I can't. I can't really give you an honest. I mean, Sean Andrews was a was an All Pro for this team too. But again, I think Brandon Brooks is better. One of the best guards in Philadelphia Eagles history. I think it's easy to say that. Uh, and you know, on the personal note too, when my dad died, he reached out to me about it. You know, and. Uh, we had long conversations about it too, because he's he's a really personable guy, mm-hmm. really personable guy. That Great is guy. a huge loss to the locker room because he's been a part of this team the whole entire year. Oh, we're we're missing it, but he's been a part of this team the whole entire year. He's on the sidelines. He's liking all the Instagram posts. He says he's active with the team. He's a great guy to be around. That's a guy I would want to coach an offensive line someday, uh, to be coached by by an offensive line. He's a great, great guy, great player, one of the best Eagles guards of all time uh he will be sorely missed mm-hmm. they are in the best position they've ever been to replace him though given what Leonard dickerson has become uh we already know now that if he's not the center of the future then he's one of the guards of the future because of his play this year i think isaac sayamalo is a very underrated offensive guard i think he's back at left guard he's on a favorable contract we've all forgotten him because he's been out for so long but he is if Lennon Dickerson's their best guard, Isaac Samal is definitely their second best guard. Um, I, would, I, would, I would say that if Samalo does come back, and he will, and Brooks doesn't, I think they'll put Samalo on uh, the right side. And I think they'll just keep Dickerson on the left side with Milata. I mean, they love those two guys on the left side. They're just maulers. So, you know, Samalo has played various spots on the offensive line. I mean, I think that would be a fairly easy transition for him. So, you know, I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think if he comes back, I think they could move him to right guard and keep Dickerson right where he is at left guard and just let him to continue to develop. Maybe. I think Dickerson would – I mean, you know, he has experience at right guard too. I think he'd be great between Lane and uh, Jason Kelsey if he returns as he continues to develop. Um, we'll see. I mean, either way, I yeah. you and I agree they're both the starters at guard next year no matter what. Um Andre Dillard. Um, I think they trade him. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I mean, again, it depends on the value of what you can get back. And so you know, this, this is. I'm telling you, this is the off season. Have you seen the upcoming free agent uh, uh, offensive tackles? It's nobody. No. Nobody. I this is. It, but uh, yeah, I could, I could see it. I mean, what would you take for him? What would you if you're Howie? Oh, the, he can bend somebody over the coals. This offseason, the left tackle need is so big in the NFL right now, and and there's nobody besides the draft coming up, and the draft only has a few guys that are going to go in the top ten, or top fifteen. I mean, uh, I think you can call up a team like the Panthers, you know, and and get a second from them. To be mm-hmm. honest, from you, that left tackle is. I mean, I know it's not viewed as as it used to be viewed as because right tackle is just as important as left tackle nowadays. But God dang, they, so a lot of these this really bad left tackle play around the NFL. Andre Dillard is serviceable. Andre Dillard has potential. 
I think the Eagles could take advantage of a team that desperate for one and get a second from them. So who becomes your swing tackle? Do you draft somebody? Joe, Jack Driscoll. See, I'm not that – I mean, Driscoll's been on the – he's finished both his first two years on the IR. I mean, he's another guy you really can't count on. He's very serviceable when he's in there, though. Yeah, but um, that's, that's an important job to be that backup swing tackle. And, and you know, well, I, I don't think Andre Dillard is a swing tackle, though. No, he's not. He's a left tackle. I mean, they, yeah. they swing Mulata over to the right side. So, you know, maybe they draft somebody that they can kind of, you know, groom to be that guy. And, and Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, somebody sure. high, somebody that's got some pedigree um, and, and try to make him a swing tackle. Yeah, the day three of the draft is going to be – where they fill out their offensive line death, where they replenish this offensive line death is going to be yeah. the day three of the draft. Because, I mean, I think Suo Peta is not that good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's just me or everybody. I don't know why he is so favorite. I mean, again, I'm not going to question Jeff Stoutland. Right. He knows way more than I will ever will. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> bullied, I thought. And then when he gets into the game, I don't think he, he plays that well enough to be the backup. I mean, Nate Herbig's fine. Don't get me wrong. Nate yeah. Herbig's not a backup center. We know that now. But right. he's a fine backup guard. Um, yeah. Driscoll yeah. can play guard and play tackle, uh, uh, right tackle, though. I'm not going to say he'll play left tackle if, if yeah. needed. I don't think he's um, big V type swing tackle, but not everybody is. You know, Big V got ten million per year for a reason because they uh, team thought he's going to be a good enough to be a starter. Uh, it's tough to get a good swing tackle, swing tackle in the league because teams want to pay them to start for them eventually. Yeah. So I'm yeah, fine with Driscoll, to be honest. Yeah, I just you hope that it's just you know some guys just get hurt all the time, and you know he he's been on IR you know a couple times in his two years, and that to me you know I want some reliability out there. I need yeah, no, you're right. Hard to count. I agree on. with you that they draft somebody, though. I do agree with that, that they get somebody yeah. in the draft. Um, do you think Boston Scott's back next year? No, I don't. No. Wow. I don't. I just think that, you know, Kenny Gainwell is kind of the Boston Scott. You know, I think that's they're going to expand Kenny Gainwell's role um, after his rookie year. And Boston's, a uh, you know, I think he's a restricted free agent, so they could make him an offer. And, and they might do that, but I just think, there's some teams out there could use a running back. And listen, Boston Scott, he he wants to go somewhere where he can play a lot more too. I mean, he had seven rushing touchdowns this year, which is surprising when, you know, like it caught me off guard when he scored his last couple. I'm looking at the stat book. I'm like, wow, that's like his sixth and then his seventh. So I don't know. I just think that that's a position that the Eagles are happy with Gainwell. I know Sanders will be in, a, in his final year of his deal, but I just think they're going to look to upgrade that spot with somebody else. Now I might be wrong. That's kind of my surprise pick, I guess, that he won't be back, but they really like Boston, but Boston wants to play. I mean, he wants to play more than he is. And, you know, I think he's going to ask the Eagles to let him try and explore what's out there. Well, if he gets a a restricted free agent offer, I doubt the Eagles match it. Um, No, I doubt. I don't, I don't think they would either. So um, if they doesn't, then I think he's back though. I mean, he, he, I, I agree with you. Of course, he's going to want to roll. At seven, seven rushing touchdowns. Of course, you want to roll. But he, he did vulture most of those from Miles Sanders, if you ask me. But <laughs> he, 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 he is going to want to roll. Uh, I just think you know he's a professional, and he didn't have a role for most majority of the beginning of the year, and he stayed professional. And when his time came, he provided, and that's what he seems to do every year in and year out for the Eagles. When his time comes, he provides. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with bringing him back just in case. Uh, because again, Kenny Gamewell, I agree with you. They're definitely going to want to get more snaps for Kenny Gamewell, more touches for Kenny Gamewell. He might have, you know, he might, this might be the year, if they don't get a running back in the draft that's 
capable of taking Miles Sanders' uh, job, Kenny Gainwell might be that guy. I don't know. We'll have to see. We have to see more from Kenny Gainwell, but I do agree with you that they're going to want to see that. I just think Boston Scott's back. I don't think Jordan Howard is, though. And I I think they like Jason Huntley um, a little bit, too, after what he showed. He spent the whole year on the practice squad. I mean, I... You know, I could see him possibly having a role at some point too. But well, they're going to have to keep the. Ob- I, I think they're going to take punt return and kick return job very seriously this offseason. They're mm-hmm. going to try to upgrade those positions. They need to. That's and Jason sure. Huntley would do that. I mean, uh, keep it. Jason Huntley would upgrade that though. Mm-hmm. So I think that's on the table for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, if if Boston Scott gets a restrictive free agent offer, Jason Huntley is his replacement. So. It's going to be the running back factory. They're not the quarterback factory like Kai Rosemary proclaimed they are. They're the running back factory. Yeah. Um, do we forget anybody? Uh, gosh, I don't, I don't. I mean, they're they're the big they're the big ones. Yeah, um, I mean, we already know. I don't think Jay Jaw's back. I think I think you said that too. I don't think he's back. I just don't see how you can bring him back. I mean, it's just another bad drop that was all over you know social media. Um, I, I know, and then yeah. his mom coming to his defense. Look, I appreciate a mom being a mom, but yeah, I the know. finger. I don't want to hear about a finger injury. I've seen wide receivers play with with, with uh, their whole entire hands wrapped before. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to hear it. You got to catch the ball. That was <laughs> right in his basket. Oh, you know who I don't think's back? Aaron Sippus. I don't think they bring Sippus back, the punter. Yeah, I think he, really the way he ended the season was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, he started off great, but then he just, con- you know, continually. Oh, my God. Him. Brandon Graham. Oh, he's back. Yeah, he's back. I yeah, think I he's back. For sure. Even it- today and how he was like, yeah, he's he'll be back. So, uh, yeah, he's coming uh, back. I th- Do you think his role gets a little bit di- diminished this year, though? Mm, I don't think so. Depends who they draft. If they bring in, you know, I saw uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft. First one, they have he hasn't taken the kid from Penn State. Uh Arnold Ekadibi, I think it is, a Temple transfer to Penn State. Um, but I think it depends, you know, and, and we talked to Brandon, and he's like, you know, if they go out and get, you know, like a George Karloftis or a or a, a Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, and again, you know, I don't think any of those guys will be in the range, but don't count out the Eagles from trading up possibly to maybe get somebody like that. But if they bring in a high-talent defensive end, yeah, I see Graham's role changing for sure. It might not be initially – um, or it could be initially, depending on his Achilles, how he responds to that that rehab mm-hmm. and all that. But, you know, I think, you know, depending if they draft somebody, and I think they will in the first round, you know, as a high pedigree guy, then, yeah, maybe Graham's role does change a little bit. And what I like about Graham is he gives you that optionality of he can line up at tackle, he can line up at the end. And that's kind of what you see from Milton Williams is the ability to go inside mm-hmm. and out. Obviously, inside stronger for him, just like outside stronger for Brandon Graham. But um, you know, you know, we could see him play a little bit more inside next year too. Yeah, the Eagles definitely. I mean, the Eagles. John Gannon missed Brennan Graham so much this year, so I, yeah. I think he's back. And I think he's initially going to be uh, this. They're initially going to treat him as the same as they always treated Brennan Graham. Uh, but I do think they're going to add an edge rusher. I don't think they're going to add one in free agency. There's not really that many guys out there to add, anyways. Uh, I think they're going to bring in a death guy if that. But I think they're going to attack the draft. I think their first pick is going to be a, an edge rusher. To be honest with you. Um, we'll see. I can see it. I can see him trading, trying to get into the top 10 even to maybe yeah. get, you know, like a Karloftis or, you know, uh, that Abaju, I think his name is from. Yeah, Michigan. David Abaju. I like him a lot. I think that's yeah. actually who they get. Yeah. I mean, I could see them maybe not into the He's going to be in many of my mocks this year. I'll yeah. just say it right now. 
I don't know if he'll be there at 15 when they or 14 when they pick first the Miami pick, but um, maybe they move up a couple spots. I don't know. Um, oh, they have they, I think they have 15, 16, and 19. I was out. I thought it was 14, 15, and 19, but I think you're right. I think it is. You're right. It is 15, 16. So yeah, if, I'm not sure he'll be there at 15. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I like I said, I haven't studied, you know, too much of the draft yet. Just kind of you know decompressing from a. 18 week season. And I said that yeah. going down to Clearwater, down to Tampa to cover the game. I spent some time in Clearwater. I was like, you know, this kind of feels like a reward for, you know, the 18 week grind. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how Absolutely. I treated it. But, uh, but yeah, so I haven't dived into any of that stuff, but I plan to here in the next, you know, next week or so. All right, guys. I know I said this is going to be a shorter episode, but you know, when I just talk, we just talk. So thank you again for tuning in. We appreciate it so much. We'll be back more regularly with the podcast now that the offseason's rolled around. And uh, take a look at si.com slash NFL slash Eagles to stay up to date with all our Eagles articles and all the Eagles news that we have hidden 24-7 on that website. Ed's always on there posting John McMullins and himself's articles. Check that out. Uh, and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.